It's time for episode 441 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast whose favorite schoolyard game is Foursquare. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy. It's Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing quite well. Um, I was a huge Foursquare nerd mm-hmm. in elementary school. I had this group of Foursquare friends, and we had all these special rules for yeah, the game. Sure. And the only way to change the rules is if you all agreed on it. And it's like a constitution, uh, maybe a constitutional monarchy. But in any case, uh, a lot, a lot of fun. Now that I'm thinking about Foursquare instead of uh, podcasting at the our, moment. <laughs> our Relay FM bonus special this year is just us playing Foursquare. It's not a podcast. Yes. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, this is, of course, the Tech Podcast, where we have two fantastic guests on. And to my left this week, it is my good friend, former colleague Macworld, and a technology reporter at the Washington Post. It's Heather Kelly. Welcome back, Heather. Hello, hello. And to my left, it is podcaster, developer, and hedger about town. It's Casey Liss. <laughs> oh, you, you sprung that on me. I wasn't prepared to do anything pithy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> well, let me kick things off today. Obviously, Apple had a big event yesterday in which they introduced a number of new products. I'm still kind of thinking about the iPad Air update after they rolled it out. It's very close to the iPad Pro, but I find it's kind of in an awkward place in the lineup. It's it's kind of more expensive than sort of the traditional main iPad used to be. And it starts with just 64 gigabytes of memory. I, I have a, my question for you is, is there someone in your life whom you would recommend this to as like, this is the right iPad for you? Or is it really just kind of in that awkward space in between the low end and the high end? Heather, what do you think? I, I would recommend this to rich people with children, <laughs> um, uh, rich parents <laughs> who can't find the remote. Uh, anybody who it's, it's, I mean, come on, it's not a pro. So it's, it's for consuming, Netflix and movies and reading books, if for some reason you think that's an okay place to read them, which is a wrong opinion. And I don't know. <laughs> it's also for people who don't realize that the mini is like the perfect tablet because I, I love her so much. Um, so they're out there. There's a lot of them, but it's, it's a consumption device more than a, a creative device, I would say. Yeah, I think in its uh in the in the current lineup it does feel out of place um i think when we get to the the next version of the ipads pro um it will start to make more sense um i a thousand percent agree that the mini is a fantastic tablet and uh as the one that that folks should go for um but i think that Again, in the future, when we do have some iPad Pros that have been updated to uh, sort of the latest offerings from Apple, that that can kind of settle things in uh, for the iPad Air. But I do find it odd that there are so many different versions of the iPad, and you do kind of have that question of, um, I don't know which one to recommend to you. The iPad Air I have right now is currently serving as a display. Uh, Casey, what about you? You know, I mostly agree with with all of you. I, I feel like it's not necessarily a bad thing to cover all your bases from Apple's perspective, like, you know, in, to have an iPad offering at just about any price point. But I concur that this does seem like 
a bit of an also ran. I suppose if you didn't want all the fancy stuff from a pro, you get most of what you get at the, with the pro here. You know, you get USB-C, you, you don't get face ID, but you get, you know, the otherwise, you know, edge to edge screen. You can use the Apple Pencil 2. You can use the, the smart keyboard and the folio and all that. So there's a lot of good stuff here. All that being said, though, you, you guys are trying to get me to buy a iPad mini, which I really don't feel like I need right now. But oh, my do. goodness, it seems like a unanimous uh, opinion here that the mini is very, very good. And I I used to be a diehard mini person and I haven't had one in years and years. But now now you're making me think twice. Well, that can't be right, Casey. You're quite tall. I've met you. <laughs> uh well so here's the other thing that i would throw in there which is that 329 dollars ipad i think is a really great ipad and to heather's point about the consumption device it seems like that makes a pretty good consumption device in many cases i think the biggest thing if anything that holds the ipad air back uh was when i was looking at it, it was the 64 gigabyte storage at that base level because if you go up to the higher level, which is 256 for another $200, now you've exceeded the price of like the intro level iPad Pro. And so you start thinking to yourself, well, why would I ever get a 256 <laughs> iPad Air when I could get a 128 gig iPad Pro for you know less money? And so that to me is kind of what stands out mostly. Uh, maybe most people aren't using even 64 gigabytes of storage on their iPads. And that's, you know, that is probably enough in that case. But I can't help but thinking that you know at 100 bucks less it would feel like a more compelling offering in some way but apple has the numbers and does the research so i'm i'm sure they know what they're doing right they seem like they have this kind of thing together um well thank you all for your thoughts on that let's move to our second topic which comes from heather all right so um i thought of this yesterday while writing about the apple event and sometimes when terrible things are going on in the world you think why am I doing this right now? And then I realized like a lot of people just want to break. And so I was wondering what, what do you guys do to like avoid like constantly consuming the most depressing, horrible news 24 seven. Sometimes I feel like obligated to watch or pay attention or else I'm a terrible person. And then um, it's really bad for all of us. So people <laughs> sometimes take my phone away from me. Um, so what, what do you guys do to, to kind of control that? So for me, um, I worked as a, uh, a more general journalist for several years covering all sorts of, of world news and uh, US news and everything in between. And in doing so, I mean, there were a number of shootings that, you know, we covered in the newsroom and all sorts of stuff. And because of how much that uh, that weighed on me and because I had to spend all of that time focused on all of that news, I somehow figured out a way to give myself permission to not um, spend all of my extra time either feeling guilty about not keeping up with the news or keeping up with the news and feeling terrible uh, afterward. And so I still have that ingrained in me. I don't feel the need to um, sort of bury myself in everything that's going on, um, but choose sort of moments of responsibility, if you will, to make sure that I understand the basics of it. So there aren't really any specific tips or tricks other than like spend years just being inundated with sadness and horrible things going on. And then you will grow this. <laughs> is that this a life ability. hack? Is that what that That's is? That's a life hack. That's exactly what it is. It was going so well. <laughs> Everyone go be a newsroom journalist and then you won't feel like you have to pay attention to the news. You'll be dead inside. It'll be fine. Yes. That's the trick. Casey, what's your trick? 
you know, it's actually very similar to what you're saying, although with no justifiable excuse for it. So (laughs) over the last couple of years, when things have been challenging for all of us, um, one of the things that I've been trying to do better about, you know, let me just uh, stretch out on the couch since apparently we're doing psychoanalysis right now. Uh, One of the things I'm trying to be better at is realizing, you know, what I have control over and what I don't and trying to spend, you know, less and less time on the things that I just don't have control over and being okay with that. Now, I don't do a particularly good job of it, if I'm honest, but I'm trying really hard. And, you know, national and international news in many ways is one of those things that I just don't have control over. And in, I've found, especially I learned from myself through COVID, where I have been very far on the chicken little side of things, that if I allow myself to consume it, it I just spiral and that's not healthy for me or my family. And so I, I wouldn't say I actively ignore it, but I don't go out of my way, generally speaking, to find new information about about the atrocities that are going on in the world, about the news that's going on in the world. I generally just kind of let it wash over me, which sounds, well, first of all, I guess extremely privileged and also kind of awful, but I, I've learned to be okay with with not following following through or living up to that obligation. I think for me, it's been about changing the way I consume news. And in some ways, it's kind of like going to a more of a throwback. Like I, for example, I read the New York Times, you know, newsletter every morning, generally over my tea. And so it gives me like sort of that overview of what's going on. And then I often listen to the news on the radio, too. And so in some ways, it feels more like the news was when I was growing up, where at like certain times of the day, you might tune into the news, but you weren't inundated by the 24-hour cycle. Uh, and that's enabled me, for example, to feel okay about, say, not scrolling through Twitter endlessly to see what's going on in all the news of the world. In a lot of cases, because uh, so much of the information that is out there, especially the stuff that's happening so quickly, mm-hmm. often has problems with its reliability or the way that people are reacting to it. And so being able to consume news at more limited times in sort of a digest fashion helps me in you know get some of the stuff that sort of floats to the top and it ends up being the stuff that's more vetted and rather than the sort of breaking news breathless anticipation part of it and you know like like Casey said it's a it's a privileged position to be in um, but it also is something I need to do to be able to function throughout the day by not just sort of endless endlessly doom scrolling um, so yeah I think in some ways having that sort of uh, throwback to the way that maybe we consumed news when I was growing up say in the you know pre-internet eras uh, has actually helped me control sort of what what I'm actually looking at and and not be disconnected from everything that's going on in the world, but at the same time not be just feeling like I need to keep up with this and I can't do anything else. Heather, do you have any tips for us or are you just taking in our tips? No, I'm just taking the free therapy, guys. Um, I, <laughs> because I am still doing like, you know, I'm, I, I'm at a big news publication that covers all of this. So during the day, honestly, my favorite thing to do is to watch them cover this. Like there's all these Slack channels and really smart people. And, and that's how I consume a lot of it is watching them vet things and see angles and deal with people on the ground. And then at around five, six o'clock, if my boss is listening, I, I, um, <laughs> I don't have any notifications on my phone. Um, I, I have only like the very top news notifications uh, I don't see anything on Twitter unless I go there, which I avoid doing. Um, and I just unwind with TikTok, which honestly right now isn't the best idea either. Um, and I, yeah, complete, complete 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. the next day avoidance is is my current strategy. But I've loved all of yours. <laughs> well, that is two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And to tell you about this week's sponsor, I'm going to turn it over to Micah. 
Yes, you know it. I know it. We love it. It's Text Expander from our pals at Smile. You can keep everything consistent and accurate with Text Expander. That's what it helps you do. Look, things change constantly. And so you don't want those errors in messages that you're sending out and emails that you're sending out in Slack, uh, Slack messages that you're sending out to impact. Uh, your ability to get that point across. Text Expander lets you make approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes. So if you are running a team and there is a specific way that you are meant to respond to things, then that will help you stay consistent. And what's great is that if that messaging updates uh, now, instead of uh, it, you know, th- this product is is not available uh, for this period of time, that updates. Oh, you could update your text expander snippets to make sure that's reflected. With text expander, you get your message right every time. You can expand content that corrects your spelling, keeps your language consistent with just a few keystrokes. That way, everyone is sending the right message without relying on memory or copy and paste, because sometimes copy and paste doesn't work as it's intended. I love Text Expander. It is one of the first applications that gets installed on a new machine uh, when I get it. And if I uh, forget to make sure it's you know running as it's supposed to be, I, immediately I know because I'm typing in the little characters that I type in. And for some reason, something's not popping up. It's kind of hard to wrap your brain around what text expander is fully without trying it. And that is what I recommend. Everyone go and try it. Because if you do, suddenly you realize all of these ways that it can be helpful to you. And then you start to realize all of these ways that you didn't even think about how it could be helpful to you. I love it. I use it all the time. And as a listener of Clockwise, you can get 20% off your first year of text expander. Just go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. Once again, that's textexpander.com slash podcast. And of course, our thanks to Text Expander and the great folks at Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, back from the break. And here is my topic for you. Amazon uh, has launched in beta uh, a new live radio app. And so you can sort of run the airwaves and be a live DJ with AMP as the app is called. Uh, It's invite only right now. But I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on sort of being a radio DJ versus what we're seeing a lot of right now, which is folks sort of hosting streams for playing games and things like that? Um, Taking a page out of the sort of original broadcast playbook. What do you think about being a radio DJ, Casey? Yeah, you know, I have no interest in radio, says the guy sitting behind a studio microphone talking to people (laughs) on the internet. Uh, No, You know, I I don't know. This, I think, is one of those moments where I'm exposing myself as an old. Like, I I can see why that would be fun in general, but I don't personally have any desire to be a DJ. In no small part, because it takes a lot of time. I guess if you can set up like a playlist in advance, it's a little different and it just like churns through it. I only glanced at the website before we recorded. But if you actually wanted to make it entertaining, I would suspect you'd want to sit there and and occasionally be a disc jockey in the in the maybe literal maybe figurative sense and actually like talk to to and 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 introduce songs and things of that nature and that's just a lot of work like i don't know if i have the energy or time for that in principle yeah it does sound fun uh, but in reality, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, most people will try it for a minute, decide it was a fun experiment and then move right along. 
I think it's an interesting idea. And mostly I think what's clever about it is putting all these tools into a package that's really easy to use. Because certainly, mm-hmm. I mean, two things are, are the case here. One, if you wanted to duplicate this experience on your own, you would need to like understand how streaming software works and sort of figure that out. And then you'd have to navigate all the rights issues, right? You can't just start streaming music of anybody you want. It's just that's not legal. So being able to figure out a way where Amazon can enable that by essentially dealing with all those problems for you and doing sort of the heavy lifting, I think does open up a lot of possibility for people who think that's kind of fun or interesting and might want to give it a try uh, within sort of a a framework where it's allowed for them to do so. So uh, I know plenty of people who were really interested in being like radio DJs back in the back in the day, like Casey said, old. Um, But uh, you know, it doesn't, (laughs) there isn't really a great analog to it in the current environment. I think the closest is, as you point out, like streaming stuff, but that comes with its own heavy lift because you got to generate all that content yourself right um so i know like crafting streamers and even writing streamers and like that that comes with its own kind of challenges so uh, i think that it's it's a clever idea i will be interested to see if it it ends up being anything more than sort of a niche pursuit for people but I, i like the idea of building that out as a framework for people to sort of experiment in heather what about you I mean, I'm just really happy that all these 90s things are coming back, except for the eyebrows, <laughs> which is greatly concerning. Um, I also think like there's a lot of people right now who feel compelled to, not this one, make podcasts and constantly get their voice out there and have people listen to them. And so it'd be really refreshing to me if sometimes they stopped talking and played music in between. And I, I fully kind of support the switch from just talk, talk, talk to talk, talk, music, talk, talk. Talk talk. talk talk is is talk talk like TikTok? It it's, is, okay. except just a little deeper voice. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually talk if if I am able to get an invite to this, I'm going to name my channel Talk Talk Music. <laughs> um so I think I think sort of saying that it makes you seem old or say it makes you seem young feels a little inaccurate simply because um I think about uh, Leo Laporte, for example, who uh, was a radio DJ. And so it kind of can be an older person thing uh, to be a radio DJ and and kind of rock there uh, versus where we are now, which is streaming to a specific audience. Um, I think a lot of times with just music in the background instead of in the foreground. I am just curious about this in general. I definitely want to give it a go. I signed up to try to get uh, an account, mostly because I just, any social media type thing, I try to grab my name on there. But also because this is just an interesting aspect where you, maybe the, the, the barrier to entry feels a little bit less uh, due to the fact that it's not just you live streaming your voice and having to entertain an audience just with you, but to get the ability to do this. And then from the um, sort of rights management perspective of things, uh, you know, Clubhouse and some of these other uh, online streaming voice show services, they don't have the built-in rights that Amazon has by way of Amazon Music. And I think that's a fascinating thing, um, how that will play a role in what this service could be. So yeah, we shall see. Uh, As I said, I signed up for it, hoping to get uh, an invite to to give it a try so I can have Talk Talk Music on on AMP. Uh, Let us move on to our next topic, which comes from Casey. 
So as we record, it was yesterday that, you know, this new iPad Air came out. And finally, from the heavens came a new Apple display for the rest of us. And if you've been following along on my other show, uh, the Accidental Tech Podcast, I've been waiting for this for months and months. And finally, it's here. And I am so excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to complain not one bit. But I'm curious if you had to pick just one thing to maybe add or even remove or perhaps change about the Apple Studio display, what would you do? Well, Casey, I'd make it free for me. That's what I would do. No, sure. I, I actually think the thing that I'm most interested in, I am delighted that they added a stand that has height adjustment. As somebody who mm-hmm. is on the taller mm-hmm. side, one of the issues I have with my iMac right now is it has to go in a riser because otherwise it is ergonomically too low for me. So having a built-in stand that lets you sort of adjust things uh, a little bit anyways via height is great. Um, but I would make it the standard rather than the add-on, I guess, is my feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, it's fine. It's like I said, it's an option and it's it's a few hundred extra bucks. Um, I, I kind of think I missed out on that old uh, when the iMac G4 way back in the day had that totally floating screen. I think that design is so cool. And I wish that Apple had managed to find a way to make it work uh, with current iMacs and displays because it just that feels so freeing and uh, and just sort of revolutionary in a small way. So having the, the height adjustment along with the tilt adjustment for me just sort of as the standard de facto version of the monitor would be great. Uh, but I guess if I'm buying one of these things, I'm going to be shelling out a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> Heather, what about you? I mean, okay, so I work hunched over a 15-inch MacBook screen. Even though I have <laughs> oh, monitors no. widely available, I just I want that old lady hunched, and so I'm practicing really hard. <laughs> so... <laughs> This product and its price are in no way for me. However, I'm like, if I'm going to spend that, I, I kind of want it to be 30 inches. I, <laughs> is that is that selfish? Also, I mean, it's not a couple hundred dollars more for the like height adjustable. It's quite a few hundred dollars, Four, which to me is like, I'm going to go to the copy room, you know, get those reams of paper I usually use and just stack it up and save myself <laughs> some cash. Um, I would really like that feature to be standard and cheaper. I, it's not all of us have a copy room, Heather. <laughs> Um, so uh, my, one of my favorite products that Apple has ever announced, uh, has ever had on hand is the, or was the Thunderbolt display. Um, the Thunderbolt display was a huge display that also served as kind of a docking station. And I was, uh, fortunate enough to be able to purchase one back in college. And I used that thing for years. Um, I mostly used my MacBook Pro in clamshell mode connected to it. Um, it had the ability to charge my MacBook Pro and then, of course, provide all of the necessary uh, output input via the uh, Thunderbolt 2, I think at the time, connector. And on the back of the Thunderbolt display were a bunch of ports. So it was a fantastic dock. I wish that the studio display had an Ethernet port on the back of it, oh, had mm-hmm. a headphone jack on the back of it, had those other ports so that it could be like the Thunderbolt display was in giving me the ability to slap down a MacBook Pro, connect it with that one Thunderbolt cord and have everything running out of the back of it instead of how things will be right now before I do get a studio, uh, which is that everything runs through this CalDigit uh, TS3 Plus dock that I have. So yeah, I just wish that it was the full dock that uh, Apple used to make when they made that Thunderbolt display instead of just a a Mac that has, or I mean, a, a display that has a lot of um, USB-C or Thunderbolt ports on it. Uh, Casey, why don't you round us out? 
Yeah, you know, I, I agree with all of you. Uh, for me, the obvious answer, which nobody chose, I'm very surprised, is Face ID. But that Ooh. being said, now that I have one of these fancy Touch ID keyboards, I don't know that I'd really need Face ID. Like I, I, Apple, I'm not going to complain if it shows up in front of me, but I don't think it's as big a deal as I once did. And so I actually am going to say what a friend of the show, James, had said in the chat earlier. I would, I kind of wish it was 120 hertz. Like it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but you know, given this is an Apple display at an Apple price point, although it's cheaper than I think a lot of us expected it to be, it is still very expensive. And so I feel like 120 hertz would have been really, really nice. But that being said, I'm super excited to uh, see and, and hopefully eventually get one. All right, that's four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. Before we get there, I want to tell you this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Trade. Look, a lot of coffee is dull and stale or maybe questionably sourced, but it's easy to get stuck in a rut and drink what you always have. Instead of standing in front of all the options in your grocery store, let Trade Coffee help you find something new to love. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee nerd or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee expert taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Just take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. Trade has been featured by the New York Times, Wire, GQ, and it's delivered over 5 million bags of coffee. Their subscription is no hassle. Skip shipments, change of frequency, or cancel it at any time. Uh, despite the fact that I am not the coffee drinker in my household, I did go through the coffee quiz knowing my wife's preferences. Uh, and it was kind of fun to just like look at all the different options of stuff that I could get for her. Um, and so I consulted with her and we went through and we got to like sort of pick out the, the flavors that she likes and the style that she likes uh and she's been really pleased with the results of getting new coffee to try other than just you know the normal stuff we've been getting from the grocery store for our listeners right now trade coffee is offering a total of 20 dollars off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash clockwise to get started take their quiz drinktrade.com slash clockwise and start your journey to your perfect cup that's drinktrade.com slash clockwise our thanks to trade for their support of this show and relay fm Okay, bonus topic for you. Are you a clean a little bit regularly or a binge clean all at once kind of person? Or is there some other kind that I was unaware of, Heather? Are we talking about like our homes, our bodies, our computers? Homes. I, was thinking thinking homes. Okay. I was thinking homes. <laughs> Let's keep it. Just, yeah. just checking. Um, so I work in my room and every day the room has to be perfectly clean or I can't focus. And then I shut the door to the rest of the house because it, it doesn't matter. Um, and cleaning that really depends on a what... I've consumed, I would say, of how much I feel like focusing on cleaning for an extended period of time. Um, but also I realized when I had kids and got married that the best thing I could do was pay somebody way better at cleaning to do it for me. So those are my complicated answers. Every two weeks, professionals. Nice. <laughs> I keep meaning to do that. I am definitely a binge cleaner. Uh, and it's a terrible, terrible way to live uh, just because... When I mean, the binge cleaning, it feels great. Everything's clean. It looks awesome. But um, sort of when you say, okay, it's time for that binge clean, it's a, it's a lot of work to sort of go room to room, making sure everything is exactly how you want it. Uh, Casey, I am so curious about your answer for this one. Well, to answer Dan's original question, the third option is none of the above and clean. Why bother? Um, <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> no, I'm not 
mostly kidding. Uh, no, I I am the kind that defaults to binge cleaning periodically, but I am trying to train myself to clean as I see things rather than just clean later because it's always later. Oh, I'll, I'll take care of the you know bathroom vanity later. I'll clean that window later. Uh, so I I am trying to do better about when I see that you know there's a bunch of spots on the bathroom mirror or something. I will just go get the darn Windex and clean it right away. So by force, I'm trying to become a a constant cleaner, but in reality, I, I lean way more towards binge cleaning, uh, with the exception of my cars. I try to, uh, well, my, my and my wife's car, uh, well, I try to make sure those get a bath uh, about once a week in the summertime, partially because it's therapeutic to me, and I just like doing it. Uh, but everything else, uh, it's, it's, it's a mess in every sense of the word. I'm going to hire Casey to come wash my car uh, every Sold. couple weeks. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm like you, Casey. I am the, I'm constantly striving towards being... Being better about cleaning up as I go, uh, with the exception of the kitchen. I find that's one place where I actually do, like, I'm very diligent about getting the dishes done, and I love to go to sleep oh, at yeah, night with a too. clean mm-hmm. kitchen because I hate yep. coming down first thing in the morning and just seeing a pile in this in the sink. Uh, that and having getting a dishwasher in our new place has really alleviated a lot of that, which has been nice. Um, but I do think I'm we're going to end up going the Heather route eventually of getting somebody professional to come in and, and take care of stuff more regularly. That sounds like a plan. Hey, would you like to get ad-free episodes of Clockwise with an extra overtime topic every week? Good news. You can if you go become a Clockwise subscriber. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we're going to discuss browsers. So if you want to check that out, go become a Clockwise subscriber. Well, we have reached the end of the show, and all that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week. Heather Kelly, thank you so much for being here. I'm always excited to be here. And Casey Liss, thanks so much for joining us. The pleasure is always mine. Without reservation, Micah, (laughs) always mine. (laughs) And of course, thank you to everybody out there listening, and especially to our subscribers of Clockwise Unwound, our uh, bonus topic, ad-free episodes. Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.